Well, we've got the hardcore of the hardcore here this morning. I think it's the cold that's uh, scaring some, some of us away. I'd like to focus on the um, first reading, actually, from the book of Job. Job is, uh, I, I wish someday when I'm, when I'm worthy of it, I'd be able to actually teach a class in the book of Job. It's a, a very, very profound book, one of the most profound books, really, in the whole Bible. And it deals with one of the most important and pressing questions that all human beings have asked all over the world for all time. It's basically, what's evil? Where does evil come from? And if you're a Jew or you're a Christian and you believe that God is absolutely supreme and that he's all good, then you've got this problem of, well, how come he permits um, innocent suffering to take place? And so that's a, that's a huge issue. And it's that issue that causes people to be atheists. It, it's that issue that causes people to lose their faith in God. It's that issue that causes people to start to have distorted understandings of God and religion in general. Um, we, we've dealt with this before in other previous homilies. I think it was in the beginning of this month we talked about those passages from Corinthians where St. Paul talks about handing this guy over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. And uh, here we have um, this uh, God, in, in essence, handing Job over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. And in this passage, we see all of this; uh, these negative things take place to Job in terms of his external possessions. But then actually, when you read on in, in context... He actually is struck with sores and diseases, and he—I mean, he's—you know—he's about the worst you can possibly get. Now, how historical all of this is is a, maybe a, maybe an open question. I think there's a rabbinical question, uh, tradition that Job was not a historical figure, but that this is a, just a literary creation. Probably in the Christian tradition, the the majority of uh, of traditions and thoughts would be that Job really did exist. In any event. Uh, it's highly stylized. It's a little bit like a fable, kind of a, f- a folklore. Certainly this kind of um, wage, that uh, this uh, bet that's being made between God and the devil in the beginning, uh, we can't read that too literally. Okay, there, There's no throne room up in the sky with God sitting on a throne and the angels come before God and the devil comes and they have, and he has a little discussion with God. That's, we can't take that too literally. But it's getting at a deeper and a more profound uh, truth, and that is that uh, the devil does not have any power over humankind unless God permits it. God has got the devil on a leash, essentially, and he basically lengthens or shortens that leash according to his own plan, God's own plan. And uh, God would never permit... um, evil to take place and he would never permit sin to take place unless he saw a greater good that would be come about as a result of it. Um, you know, I said the other day that people have a misconception of religion. Oftentimes people think, they're, or we're tempted to think that religion, the primary purpose of it is our own consolation and comfort. And uh, it's really, it's a really a misconception, especially if you think of your own consolation and comfort in this life. Like, I would never try to promote that view because I'm going to be setting people up for a lot of disappointment, okay? You're, you don't, don't be expecting that, all right? Uh, religion's primary purpose is our own growth and, and moral transformation so that we become more uh, like Christ, so that we become holier and more virtuous. And we see that that really is God's purpose in all of this. He's wanting Job to grow. 
Now, the problem with Job is he doesn't understand why God has permitted these things to take place to him because he's a righteous dude, and he really is a righteous dude, and no one's disputing that. Uh, only his friends do. His friends show up, and they try to console and comfort him, uh, and they do a good job at first because they sit with him for seven days without saying anything. Uh, that's the best thing you can do to someone who's has a tragedy in their life is you just be present with them. Try to be that loving presence of God for them. Don't say anything. <laughs> Don't get into theological disputes or explanations or say, Father Tedeschi said that evil is permitted because of da 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 you know that you know people are not in an emotional state at that point to really handle that sort of stuff, okay? So you just try to be as supportive as absolutely possible. Don't get into philosophical or theological discussions with them. All right. Uh, they probably, some people might be angry or tempted to be angry at God. Don't try to rebuke them and tell them that they're sinning or something like that. Just, just try to be as loving as you possibly can and they'll cool down after a while. And Lord willing, they'll not lose their faith and they'll, they'll understand that God has a purpose in it and they'll be able to trust that. Uh, but, as it is in the vast majority of cases, so it is with Job, he doesn't understand why it's happened to him. The friends make the mistake. They say, well, this is happening to you because you must have been, you must have done something bad. Okay, so God is getting vengeance on you because, you know, you are a sinner. And it's actually not true. It's really not true. <laughs> so sometimes bad things happen to us because of our sins, but not always. Okay. And um, so just because bad things happen, we can't automatically conclude, oh, this is, he's getting his own. <laughs> you know, it's bad karma. He's get, You know, what comes around goes around, buddy. You're getting your own. That's not the case. It's not the case at all. Uh, and so there's a kind of a mystery to suffering, uh, innocent suffering. Throughout the book of Job, what happens is Job is arguing back and forth. His friends are saying, well, you must have sinned. Uh, that's why these bad things are happening. Job keeps saying, I'm, I haven't sinned, I'm righteous, and it's true, actually. But then God shows up at the end. Shows up in the form of this whirlwind, and he speaks to Job, and to the friends as well. And uh, he doesn't tell Job why the suffering happens to him. Okay, so God never even tells him why. But what God does say is, he says, I am completely sovereign over all the universe, and you're not. You're finite. I'm infinite, and you got to be okay with that. That's what God says in the end. And he also, it's very interesting in the end, he has these figures where God talks about these two animals that he is Lord over these two animals, Leviathan and Behemoth. And the Leviathan and the Behemoth actually are a mystical representation of the devil. Okay, so sometimes people say, "Well, how come we see the devil in the beginning of the Job, but in the beginning of the book of Job, but he never shows up?" That's it. That's all we see him. Uh, that's not true. Okay, he's mystically represented in the Leviathan and the Behemoth and, and God's discourse. And God is saying these, the Leviathan and the Behemoth, are very powerful animals, but even they're not nearly as powerful as me. I'm way more powerful than them. I can do whatever I want, and I created them for my purpose. Okay, so Satan is a creature. He's a limited being of his own free will. He fell away from God. He has it out for humankind. He wants to destroy us. So, but God is so transcendent of all creatures that he can arrange all of the evil, all of the wills, the different various conflicting or competing wills of creatures, including evil wills of fallen, powerful, angelic creatures. He can coordinate all of those to work together one large plan that is for the
the well-being of those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. Um, <clears throat> so th- this is the... This is the wisdom of God. There's a great passage in the book of Genesis, I think, that really sums this up perfectly. Is It's the story of Joseph. We all know Joseph. Jo- a lot of bad things happen to Joseph. He gets uh, uh, captured by his brothers, thrown into a pit. They sell him into slavery. He's in slavery for all of this time. He gets accused falsely of adultery, and he never did it. The, the Pharaoh throws him into prison. So, <laughs> I mean, Joseph's got a really bad fate, Um uh, but then eventually it's a rags to riches story. He becomes the second most greatest, you know, authority in Egypt. And, uh, and he, and his brothers come to him and they don't recognize him and they bow down before him. And you know, we know the story. At the end of Genesis, the brothers, after their father dies, they come to Joseph and they say, okay, dad's dead. Now Joseph's going to kill us. Okay. Cause <laughs> he's going to get revenge on us. And and they and so they prostrate themselves before Joseph and they're really groveling before him. He's like, guys, guys, come on, just get up. Don't don't worry about it. You planned evil against me, but God planned it over for good, to preserve alive many uh, who are here today. And so we see that all of this sort of evil that took place at Joseph happened so that he could actually be in a position to actually support. The, the elect chosen family, the Israelites, and then they would flourish from there. Otherwise, they would have died in the famine. Um, now, in that case, we actually see the good that came out of the evil that happened to Joseph, but in the vast majority of times we didn't. The principle still holds true that, that what, what Joseph said, though, you planned evil against me, but God planned it over for good. That's how powerful God is. He can take all the evil intentions of the devil and all the evil plans of the devil and plan them over for our good. And that's, we don't always see it though, but that's what we trust. We trust that. That's the nature of faith, right? When I, when I hold the host aloft and I, and, and we, you know, I just say, this is my body. Those are the words of Christ. We don't see it. It looks like a piece of bread to us, but we trust that Christ is not lying. He knows what he's talking about. So this really is his body. That's the nature of faith. And, um, uh, you know, may the Lord, strengthen our faith so that we can walk even in darkness in times of great conflict uh, and stress and trial and evil and and, and not be uh, shaken from our faith, but always trust that God is righteous, he's just, and that he has our, our uh, well-being in mind.